welcome to the Diabolical Film Show, a podcast about old films, new films, and the people who make them. My name is Ash, and with me, I've got my old mate, Richie. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How you doing? You all right? Oh, all good. All good. You're feeling loved up. Well, hey. <laughs> Hello, cheeky. See what you did there. See what you did there. Yes, it's uh, one for the ladies. Or gentlemen. That's a bit fucking sexist. Everyone can watch a rom-com. I know, but more, you know. We choose not to, generally. Yeah, anyone can watch one. You know, it's, um, in my younger days, wouldn't have Just been... Just dig that it, fucking hole, Richie. Dig deep. Go it, on. It I'll, wouldn't I'll have been the... uh, up there in my top ten. Let me take that spade off you. And then I'll give you a digger. I'll bring out the JCB and you can just dig yourself a politically correct hole. You sexist. Well, <laughs> what's the name? I mean, a teenager. <laughs> that, that, that sigh, that sigh says it all. <laughs> you just wouldn't. I know. I'll watch 50 First Dates. Said no bloke ever. <laughs> Unless, you know... You're with a lady. With a lady. Yes. Or a gentleman. Or a gentleman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, we are talking rom-com. There's a rom-com shootout between, well, two. Well, I, I've picked a favourite. I've, I have a, I have a few. I don't, like I said, I don't watch a lot of rom-coms. As you have said, we don't watch a lot of rom-coms. No. But I have, out of the ones I have seen, um, I have picked one I, I actually really like. And I obviously rewatched it recently and still like it. What about you, Richie? Well, I got one. Well, I've never seen this one, so I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. And, you've never uh, seen it, so no. So no. you put you chose a film you've never seen. That's right, yeah. As your favourite rom com before, because well, you know, I thought I'll give it a go. So this is like a first impression. My wife was extremely happy that uh, oh, I'm going to watch it. Wow, and she's there with the popcorn. She's ready. She's invested. Okay. So, well, I think uh, most people will know which, what, which we've chosen because they'll, they'll be on the graphic of the podcast by the time you guys and girls get to see it. But I've gone for Notting Hill. I've gone for Richie. Pretty Woman. I, you go first then, because yours came out quite a distance before mine, actually. Yes, it was. Uh, I'm claiming this is an 80s film. Made in 89, released 90, so it's... Arsenal! It's, it's an a 80s film. 90s film. 80s. It's a 90s film. It's the release date. I mean, you could say you could say that like many films out there have been made over years, but they are released on a certain date. So it's the release date, Richie. It's not an 80s film. Yeah, but in my house, it's the when it was made, and I'm in my house, so <laughs> this is where we're going. So yes, I'll pre- remind you of this at a later date, <laughs> should it come to shoot you in the foot. <laughs> but go on, Pretty Woman. Tell us, tell us about your prostitute, Pretty Woman. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Um, I quite enjoyed it. To be fair, quite enjoyed it. Richard Gere, Julia Roberts. Let's have a see. I mean, Richard Gere. He was. He's sort of like riding high from Officer and Gentleman, and then he seemed to like fall out of favour, didn't he? He was like very. Very sparse on the scene. Yeah, he, he, he kind of lost a big appeal, really, in, in the cinemas, didn't he? But he made a, he's made a lot of films, Richard Gere. He has, yeah. If you look at his IMDb, he's made a lot of yeah, films. Yeah, he, he has done, yeah. And one of them called Abitage, which I, I think is Abitage or something like that, which I watched on the plane and wish I could claw my eyes out. <laughs> but anyway, it was bloody awful. Anyway, Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. It's um a very light... Romantic comedy. You've got Richard Gere plays the part of a is a businessman who acquires companies and breaks them up. So 
in the business world, he's not a very nice guy. He's very direct. He's just all about the business. And he's in the process of taking over this this company. And where he is, it's... I think I don't know if it's San Francisco or... It doesn't really matter where, where it's set. I don't really. think it does matter, no. It doesn't matter at all. For a week, a business week, he's got to attend the meetings and what have you. And it would go a lot more smoothly if he had a woman on his arm. He's at this business shindig. He's trying to get back to his hotel. He can't drive his car for shit. And he, he's bunny hopping a, um, it's a Lotus, I, I do believe, bunny hopping it down down the street. He spies Julia Roberts. She, she makes a comment about uh, his driving. And then he says, well, I'm lost. Can you help me find my hotel? So he jumps in the car, directs him to the hotel. Do you think it's kind of a, a rough outline of the film? Not a scene-by-scene blow. And so they go back to the hotel, and for the week, romance blossoms. He, hi- he hires her, doesn't he? He hires her. They start off not knowing each other, and then by the end of the week, they do. You know, that's... <laughs> that's I don't know. <laughs> so what, what made you like it, then? Well... <laughs> Because we've both chosen films with Julia Robertson. Yeah. Now, was... I could have gone for a number of films, but mm. this one did give me a kind of... It does give you a warm, fuzzy feeling, the one it I've is. chosen. Yeah. And is it Julia Roberts that gives you that warm, fuzzy feel? That's not meant to be a sexual kind of thing, no, you know it, what I mean? But the character that she plays, it's very, like, deer in the headlight. It's like, ooh, she's relatively new to the scene of working the streets mm. in Pretty Woman. You've sort of, like, got this new girl in the town thing, and you're just hoping that nothing's bad is going to happen to her. You know, you you sort of got that that sort of connection of ah, mm. oh, you know, she is where she is, and you're like, you want the best for her, and you know, Richard Gere is a high flying businessman. His partner in the business, who's a, f- you know what? As soon as I saw him, and as the film went on a little bit, about half an hour in, I'm thinking he's going to be an asshole. He's going to be a dick, and yeah. That's the thing about rom-coms as well, isn't it? It's pretty easy watching. They are, Very yeah. Very procedural. That, it is. It, it's, and I think you'd if you kind of took the basic plot points, but you took the plot ideas out, you know, away away from it. It man meets woman. They start falling in love. Something gets in the way. Yeah. They, fall, they kind of break up a bit. They get back together again. They break up a bit. They get back together at the end. Everyone's happy. And that's that is pretty much the story of every single rom com. Did but you know that there's rules? That there's there's rom com rules. rules? Yes, yes. You, you, you need hit to me, have, hit, me, hit me with the rules, Richie. You need to have two lovable leads. You do. You do. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, I was going to bring that up in mind actually. Yeah, you have two lovable leads, and then you have what they call a meet cute. The a meet, meet cute. cute. Yeah, and that's when your two lovable leads meet up for the first time. So it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're here to explain. I know. That. Go on. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's either it's either in a funny way or a disastrous way. However, it happens in the scope of the film that you're watching, they've got to get together. They've yep. got to meet in some. Well, it'd be a shit rom com if they didn't. In some crazy way. Then well, it's yeah. like Harry met Sally, aren't it? Didn't they get just get together at the end? In Harry met Sally. Not seen it. Did I? Well, is it the end? Oh, oh no, no. Maybe it wasn't the end. Maybe if you got mail, who gives a fuck? Carry on. <laughs> Rule number three, Richie. You then have a unique, troublesome situation. Yep, yep. Tick, tick, tick. So far, yeah, yeah. yeah. You then have at least one great sidekick. Now, in Pretty Woman, (laughs) I think the sidekick is the hotel concierge, played by Hector Alonso. He plays a guy called Barney Thompson, and he's the guy who the... He's your concierge in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he knows who Julia Roberts is, character-wise. He knows what she's about, 
but mm-hmm. he doesn't want to throw her out on her ear. And he's he sort of he like takes her side a little bit. He does. He does. Fixes her. He's concierge with a heart. Yeah. Yeah. And he's re- he's a really nice guy. Really nice guy. You ha- you next have <laughs> your super fun montage. Do 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 do. Super- do oh, is there a super fun montage in in full? There is in Pretty Woman when she's shopping. Is yeah. Is one in Notting Hill? A classic as a mon- Well, yeah, there is, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's a fun one. There is a kind of montage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super fun montage. Yeah. Well, I'll come on to that later. Yeah. Ba ba ba. Is that rule four? So rule five. Then you've got relationship in jeopardy. Yep. Tick tick. Yep. Tick. Yeah. So four oh. ticks and a half. Okay. For me. You then what they call the light bulb moment. This this is the sixth. This is the sixth rule. I thought there's five rules. No no no. Are no, you no. just making this shit up? No. No. Nope. Okay. Go on. Nope. So you got the light bulb moment where your characters realise that they should be together. I've co- I've found electricity. Yes. Yes. Sure did there. <laughs> You then have the grand gesture or an epic line. You've got, you know... Oh, well. So what... So Okay, so what is the epic line... Or what was the epic line for you in Pretty Woman? Have you noted it? The epic line? Well, you've got to have an epic line. There's one in mine. It is a classic scene. Go on, then. What's yours? Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you mine. Same we're, same we're talking about it, same we're talking about it now. It's very fluid, isn't um, it? He, he's trying... Yeah, it's, it's very fluid, this rom-com. So this there's a bit where they've kind of broken up in mind for one reason and another and um, she comes back and makes this big gesture and she basically says and I'm paraphrasing here so don't shoot me all the people that have watched this and love this film she says I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy telling him asking him to love her oh. and that's the line so, so it's, it's, it's a nice line it's a well written line oh. uh, but that's that's the big line but what's the big line in Pretty One is it the when they're at the um, races. Well, I don't think it, it, it's a line. No, the, a grand gesture, I think for me, is when his business part- partner tries to rape her and Richard Gere comes in and he's he swoops in and kicks the shit out of his partner and fires him on the spot. You don't get much more epic than that. You know, you're, it, it could be anyone in distress and you swoop in and like, oh, bang, give him a crack. Kick him out of the hotel. That's it. Game over. So who, who directed this? Uh, Gary Marshall. He's um, he's done a lot of this kind of thing. He, uh, he directed... a serial rom-com director. Well, he directed he? Beaches. Well, it's not quite a rom-com, but okay. It's it's up heartfelt. There. Yeah, he knows how he knows how to pull on the heartstrings. Yeah, Runaway Bride, Princess Diaries, rom-com. Rom- well, yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he also he also created Happy Days. Sunday, Monday, Happy Days. <laughs> Cunningham. So he's master of the feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Is Beaches feel good? I think it's a cryathon. Isn't oh, it? Anyway. God, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that is. <laughs> so, but yeah, he can tug on the heartstrings. Yeah. You know, he knows how to pull emotions out out of That's film. Right. Okay, all right. Yeah, the uh, written by uh, J. F. Lawton. Bit of a mixed bag. He, he wrote Under Siege. <laughs> okay, and um, that's that that that. <laughs> That's going from one extreme to another, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Under Siege, the um, computer game tie-in Dead or Alive. Okay. Uh, Keanu Reeves' Chain Reaction and other stuff, but they're the ones... Everybody loves the Chain Reaction. Don't sing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 
it was a very, you know, it just washes over you. You know, you're not. It, it, it's not Citizen Kane, but by the same token, it does its job. How long is it? How long was the film? One hour, 59 minutes. Now, mine was two hours as well. My 158 mine was, I think. And I'll be honest, it didn't seem like it. No, I needed mine. I mean, like I said, I've, I've chose Notting Hill and mm. it... I could have chosen any number, to be honest. I have seen a few in, in my time because they're not just for girls, Richie. Now there's a Yorkie, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I actually, I, I remember, I've not, I've not seen them for, for, I've not seen them for a long time, but it's, it's not my chosen genre, Jean Gengri, to watch. But looking back, I remember, but I thought, actually, Notting Hill, yeah, it kind of gives you the feels a little bit, Notting Hill. So that's that's kind of why I came up with Notting Hill. So you, but you chose yours because you hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's a famous, it's a seminal film, isn't it? Pretty Woman, it's like, whoa, I remember bumbling around where, well, wherever the hell I was at that point in time, 1990, and it was posters everywhere. Still living in the fucking 80s, probably, but yeah. go on. Posters everywhere, the soundtrack was everywhere. You just couldn't turn around for that film. Now, the soundtrack's really good, actually, for Pretty Woman. It's got some good needle drop moments in there. 80s stuff, you see. Well, at that point, yeah, because it's 1990. Yeah, you'd <laughs> have to have done a good job to pull it. In the nineteen so nineteen nineties bloody music, so it had to be eighties stuff, obviously. But it, uh, and it ends with uh, Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman, which is like obs. You've got to, haven't you? You know. But yeah, it's a Cinderella mishmash of Cinderella and My Fair Lady. I I, I thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The what can good you analysis. say? Good analysis, Richie. Anything for, <laughs> behind the scenes that you you got there? <laughs> Well, I did. I've picked I did a film find... I've never seen before, and I didn't know if I was going to like yeah. it. I did. I did find it. Um, well, it does gloss over the realities of working the streets of women on the on, on the streets. It's it's you do see an overdose at the beginning, a dead dead woman at, at the start of it. And it's like ooh, mm. and then you have got the attempted rape at the end. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's a very well, stylized. I don't know. It's You've just taken it, it, it takes you out of the it's not about that, is what, mm. I think is what I'm trying to say. It's not about working out on the street. It's mm. it's about the relationship between her and Richard Gere. At first, she doesn't really care. You know, she's just treating it as a payday because the money that he's going to give her, $3,000, is what's going to help her pay her flatmates' bills and what have you. So mm. it is a payday. It starts off as a payday, but as um, as the week goes on, the tart with the heart and Richard Gere blossoms. He he turns. So does, from- does, it, does it have the breakup bit then? In that, did he break up at any point? Looking at Richie's rules of rom coms. Well, yeah, because what um, they go to a polo match. And Richard Gears, he's, he's told his business partner who Julia Roberts is, mm. and she's totally unaware of this. But he's, because he is a dick. He is a fucking dick. I remember him as being a sleaze. Yeah. And he, he does the come on onto her and totally mm. disrespects her. And that, she then squares up to Richard Gere and is like, really? Mm. And he's like, well, it doesn't quite understand that. What he's done is it, it, should, it should be a private moment between those two. You mm. know, what... What she does and what he shouldn't he should not have aired it in public. And that's where you get the Richard Gears character. He is all about the business, but then he turns around, he turns it around, he's he becomes a warmer person, mm. which accumulates him sparking out his uh, said business partner. But all's well that ends well in the end. He does. 
He does. Her fantasy was being rescued by a Prince Charming in a castle, and at the end of the film, he climbs a fire escape and rescues well, there her. You yeah, there you there's go. There's the there's the, mo- there's the moment, Richie. That's that's the Cinderella moment for your that's film. That's a Cinderella moment, yeah. But I, I I preferred it when Matey Boy got his comeuppance because he deserved it because he was an absolute fucking asshole. Props to Hector Alonso. He's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Delivering that. Brilliant. He took her under his wing. She she went shopping down Rodeo Drive and walked into a shop and got kicked out. She was Rodeo Drive. Rodeo Rodeo. I don't know. <laughs> it's a high street. <laughs> And uh, she gets kicked out, and she goes back to the hotel. She's in bits, mm. and Hector swoops in. She tells him what happened, and so he uses the hotel shops. He knows, mm. you know, because he's a concierge, and he says, "Right, you go to her. She'll square you up, and then we'll we'll take it from the." Gives her a makeover, essentially. Then she tells Richard Gere what happened, and that's when you get your super fun montage of uh, him going into the shop, and we need some tremendous sucking up. And he's waving his credit card around. Can you do it to this? Yes, sir. Yes, we can. <laughs> Don't you walk back in and go, big mistake, big yes. mistake or something, yeah. to the original shop as well, yeah. I remember, I remember that scene, yeah. I remember yeah. that scene. You see, well, see, my, my Notting Hill from 1999, r- written by Richard Curtis. Ever heard of him? Maybe. And directed by <laughs> Roger Michel. Michel. Not heard of him. Well, No. But he does, yeah. he does a very good job. So, I mean, Richard Curtis, I think a lot of people, most well, people Blackadder, have heard of Richard Curtis. He's, he's the... Started, well, he, he did start with Blackadder, but Blackadder, yes, famously. Mm. Love Actually, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Now, he's the writer. He's, he's the genius writer mm. behind all these. The thing with Richard Curtis and his version of London, England, whatever, it's a very Curtis-esque. It's a romanticised... It's like a chocolate box, isn't it? It's, it's what it you think It is a of... chocolate box, yeah. Yeah. It's what it's what people outside looking in think of what what we're what like. It's really like, and it's it's absolutely we're not. bollocks. <laughs> I mean, so you've got Richard Curtis. I mean, like I say he's done all sorts of stuff. So, and more recently, obviously, he's very heavily involved with comic relief and what have you, which is obviously great. He started that, didn't he? In fact, with uh, Ben Elton, comic relief. Uh, uh, anyway, but you've got Roger Michelle who directed it. He's done things like Venus, Enduring Love. More recently, The Duke, though, um, that was in 2020. So he has he, he has done quite a bit, but not on the level of Notting Hill. Now, Notting Hill, as most people will probably know, stars Julia Roberts, Hugh Grant, but it is a cornucopia of a, a cornucopia, a, a cornucopia. Mishmash. Of, a mishmash of, of every... St- it's like a, it's like watching a Harry Potter film. Who's the actor they've got in to play this character? And it's like every scene, you've got another pretty well-known uh... English actor in there. So you've got Julia Roberts plays Anna Scott, who is a world... Re- well, she plays Julia Roberts, technically, but called mm. Anna Scott, a world-renowned uh, movie act- actor. Um, and then you've got Hugh Grant, called, uh, who plays William Thacker, who essentially runs a failing travel bookshop in Notting Hill, just over the road from where he lives. I'm so happy that he's now breaking away from this. Well, he had a bit of a rough time, didn't he? Love. Not long after, lot long after this, he had <sighs> where he kind of got caught with a pros- with a prostitute and so on and so forth. And so he had he went on a bit. He kind of disappeared for a while, mm. but he's on a bit of a resurgence. Yeah. And to be honest, Hugh Grant. 
He's a bloody good actor. Yeah, I'm glad he's moving out and flexing himself a little bit instead of being rom-com man. He plays a baddie. He plays a baddie just as well as he plays the mm. bumbling idiot. Now in this, the, he did step away slightly from the bumbling idiot he played in um, Four Weddings. He is not the bumbling idiot. I mean, he's still a bit of a bumbling idiot, but he's not the stuttering kind of typical Englishman. Although he is, like I say, re- really overly polite, overly nice yeah. Englishman in this. He's broken he's a broken man because his wife left him for a harrison ford lookalike and then julia roberts walks into his shop buys a book and then leaves and and that's that was pretty much it but then he <laughs> that's the end of the film nothing else <laughs> happened well it wasn't really funny to be honest it was just it, she just buys a book uh but then he goes around the corner he goes out to get some coffee walks around the corner and then bump into each other and pour drinks over each other ah, and then he invites her back to his house the meat cute the, there you go the meat the cute. cute yeah the meat cute invites him back to the house to kind of dry off and um technically a little bit ropey these days you probably wouldn't get a woman going back to your house but anyway she does and so on and so forth the comedy side well there's loads of comedy sidekicks in this but the main one is Risa fans who plays spike and this is this is apart from the film itself this is the character a lot of people remember that's what i remember yeah and he's got one of the one of the most he's got a number of funny lines in, in here to be to be to be frank, the script is incredibly good, as you'd expect from Richard Curtis. But it is cutesy. It is a cutesy kind of look at love. Nothing really horrible happens, but they fall out of love. They kind of break up. They get back together. They break up again. They get back together at the end. And he makes a big gesture at the end as well to kind of bring her back, even though he's kind of rejected her because she's broken his heart a couple of times. And it is the typical love story. I mean, it's it meets all the criteria. Ticks all the boxes. Rich- Ticks all the boxes that Richie kind of come up with earlier on. And like I say, Risa Fan is is the comedy sidekick and the the, the line I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say the line, Richie, because you're gonna say it if I don't. Do it. Where they're talking about ex loves or girlfriends or something like that, and a girl at school called Pandora. Is that you I once knew a girl called Pandora. Never got to see her box though. Um because you talk about oh opening Pandora's box. That's I fucked I fucked that up. I fucked I fucked up the joke. This is why Richard Curtis writes it and not me. Because he's talked about that he's he's opened a Pandora's box about going out. Because he's like he's got a kind of low low-key life and she's a big flashy movie star with a boyfriend as well, as it turns mm. out. But you've got Risa fans in there, you've got Richard Dreyfus in there, you've got Dylan Moran in there. Oh my lord, I could just literally go yeah. on. Tim McKinnery, Gina McNee, Emma Chambers. Hugh Bonneville, a very young Hugh Bonneville's in there as well. Sanji Basquiat. I mean, good Christ. Yeah. The, the list goes on and on. It is like a who's who of British acting and comedy acting. It must there. have been a slow and- day, a slow, a slow few months on the old English acting scene. Who's not working? They're not, they're not, they're not. Get him in. <laughs> Well, Richard Curtis, obviously, if Richard Curtis calls, you're going to do it, aren't you? Let's be honest. Um, he, he doesn't do any clunkers, from what I can see. Now, it goes... There's a lot There's a lot going on. There's a, there's a few things with this film, actually. The more you watch it, the more you see things in, in this film. And it starts with a narration. And again, like Pretty Woman, the, the music in this film is incredibly good. It's, a good. it's got a good soundtrack mm. to this. You've got Famously, you've got Ain't No Sunshine... Oh, ain't no sunshine. 
when she's gone, that one. Will and Anna, obviously that's from the score, but you've got How the Men of Broken Heart, Everything About You, and uh, more. the one that most people remember is She by Elvis Costello. That, that appears oh. a couple of times, and that's the key song in it, really. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a great it's a great selection of music, music that suits the film. However, I am going to I am going to call out one thing and and that is the actual score. Now the score is by Trevor Jones, a guy called Trevor Jones. Oh yeah. Trevor and Jones. Trevor Jones, yeah, yeah, Last Trevor Jones done Last, Last of the Mohicans, yeah. Dark City. There's there's a hidden yeah. gem. We'll come to that another time. Cliffhanger, oh, yeah. Labyrinth. But the music in this is really, it's cutesy 90s rom-com music. You could take the score out of this and stick it in any rom-com and, you know, it would not make a blind bit of difference. The music is is nothing is neither here or there for me in this. The tunes that they, that they chose, on the other hand, completely different thing altogether. Mm. See, yeah, this was the 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 realm of not not so much scores, but they were using songs in soundtracks. This was yeah, and this, it, this happened in the eighties a lot, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, you had things like Top Gun and stuff like that, yeah. famously, and, obviously, a massive soundtrack. But now they've gone the the other way. Thankfully, I mean, I. Don't get me wrong. I do like a good song on a soundtrack, but I do I do prefer a, a score. Yeah, I mean the Top Gun soundtrack's great. You've got some of the Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs is great. You've got Pulp Fiction of his as well. He he, he can pick not every bloody film of his he picks the right music for, but a lot of the films, the majority of the films, he does know how to pick a tune, and so does Richard Curtis. Mm. Richard Curtis really does. I don't know if it's in the script that the or if it's part of the. From the direction, I do not know, but whoever comes up with them for Richard Curtis written films, they mm. are they're on point. They're really, really well done. The bookshop is actually in real life. Apparently, it's an antique shop. So the bookshop that he, that he turned into a kind of travel bookshop that he works in is is really an antique shop. And obviously, he's got a very famous door, this blue door. And has he got a blue plaque outside it? Um, it might do now, mm. but apparently, right, the people that, that actually lived in the house now, the house itself, the the reason the the he used it. He used to belong to Richard Curtis, no. so that's there you go. Uh, that's the, one of the reasons to do it. They had this famous blue door in Notting Hill. So what they did was uh, about a year later, apparently they sold the house. And then the new people that moved in were so sick of people coming outside their house and gawping at it. They removed the door. So they removed the door. Okay, so they don't have a door then. And put a new door on oh. um, and painted it black. And then people started graffitiing the house <laughs> saying, R.I.P. Blue Door. <laughs> And uh, another one's another. I think another one said, um, "Famous door lived here." And things like this. It's just like now that's, so you're that's shot yourself in the foot. That is, yeah. That is what we're fa- that is what we're famous for. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, they they actually sold the door. They took it went to, it went to Christie's and they got auctioned off the, the actual door itself. Fucking hell. So um, yeah, th- so there how you go. go for? And the bench, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much it went oh, for. Right. You could probably Google it. In fact, there you go. First person to <laughs> Google it will get a mention on the podcast. Google it and tell us how much the blue door went for out of four weddings and four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> there was Hill. no blue door in four weddings. Notting Hill. Sorry. 
There's another scene in it as well where they're at a dinner party, and the dinner party scene actually is it's really it's a really good scene. It's really again, as you'd expect, really well written. It's all very Richard Curtis in in the way it's yeah. put together, and his his friends are lovely. This is and this is the thing with Richard Curtis films: you, the friends are either lovely, a bit buffoony, yeah. but lovely. So, or they're really quirky or there's, and a bit there's one with the acid tongue there's one who's a bit yes a bit sharp isn't there yeah and in this you've got all of these characters and, and a lot of them are at this dinner party and the, the dinner party is, is a lovely scene there's one person at the dinner party i think actually i think it's the character played by hugh bonneville he doesn't realize that hugh grant's character he's dating anna scott the fame he hasn't recognized her so he's, he's asking oh how much money do you make oh you're an actor oh it's very struggling struggling actor isn't it um a couple of my friends are actors they only got paid like ten thousand pound last year for all of their jobs how much what do you act in oh i act in movies how much oh well, that's, that could be difficult how much did you get for the last movie 15 million dollars <laughs> and it was like oh <laughs> oh that's nice <laughs> And then it slowly dawns who who she actually is. But mm. uh, and it's it's a it's a beautiful scene. It's, it's really it's really lovely writing. I really like that scene. Um, but ha- however, that fifteen million dollars was just not a figure plucked out of the air. That was the figure that she got for starring in Notting Hill. So there you go. Yeah. There's a, there's another factoid for you. But there's 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 a there's a lot of stuff. I mean, in in Notting Hill, which which is to like, and like I say a lot of people remember Risa fans. His kind of sudden lover for Emma Chambers character honey is is, is a little kind of on the nose to be fair because they're really kooky characters both of them Mm. and then they both suddenly just kind of fall in love and uh, you know towards the end well but it's a rom-com isn't it that's what it it's it just happens it's lovely there's gonna be no explosions there's gonna be no surprise ah stiletto knife in the ear kind of thing is there Mm. no it's it's no, if you sign, if you want that, you you signed up for for the wrong genre, genre. <laughs> yeah. Now on on in, in this um in the dinner party scene at the end of the dinner party, there's one brownie left. Okay, and he said, right, who's gonna have the last the last brownie? He says, well, who who deserves it? Who can give us a tale of woe so so bereft that you're gonna get the chocolate? You, you brownie? know what I'm thinking. This is like Cars Against Humanity before Cars Against Humanity was invented. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Yeah, so they're all they're all giving their tale of woe, and it goes all the way around. And, and you know, Anna, and then Anna Scott, they they kind of ignore Anna Scott because obviously she's a big movie star. But then she gives her tale of woe, and, and what have you. But 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 behind the scenes, what was happening in this film? What in this scene was apparently obviously, especially on the dinner party, it's it's quite they're quite hard to shoot people at tables, aren't they? They're quite hard to shoot and get the establish well, get to establish where everybody is, yeah. get the camera in the right place and all that sort of business to, to keep it to keep the keep the the cuts keep, in keep the, edit the flow going, running yeah. and make it kind of interesting. You, you know exactly who you're talking to and what have you. So there was a lot of cutting, stopping, and starting. And every time they'd get up, Hugh Bonneville would put a brownie on Hugh Grant's chair because Hugh Grant was wearing white trousers. <laughs> And every time he gets up, literally, it could be second. Brownie on the chair. Brownie on the chair. Yeah, that that came from Hugh Grant's mouth himself as he <laughs> as he was chatting the other day. But uh, yeah, that that did make me smile. I have got a, a few little things about uh, Pretty Woman. No, we're fucking finished now. We've finished Pretty Woman, oh, mate. Fuck off. We've moved on. No, 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 we're no. Talking, we're talking about Notting Hill now. No, we're not. Boring. You can't suddenly. 
You can't suddenly find yes, can. facts about not yes, about pretty woman and go back. Yes, I can. Did you know that Christopher Reeve auditioned for Richard Gere's part in this film? You'd think he'd fly away with that one, wouldn't hey. you? Hey. Yep. Yeah. No. Well, he did. He did. Oh, okay. He did. A few scenes were improvised, and then one of the famous scene that everyone sees because it's in the fucking trailer is when she's um, he presents her with a necklace in the box, and she goes to take it, and he snaps it on her fingers. That was improvised. Her reaction. All oh, these crazy actors, totally, eh? That that is her. Ba-boom. Bloody mate! I actually really? thought Julia Roberts was on your end of this microphone. Uncanny Valley. That was <laughs> uncanny. That was uncanny, Julia Roberts. Now we've not ta- we've not really talked about Julia Roberts. We- we've mentioned a lot about Richard Gere. We've mentioned Hugh Grant is obviously you know he's he's a very good actor. But Julia Roberts is a link between these yeah. two films. Julia Roberts is credibly good at these. I mean, she's a good actor, full stop. And I'll t- I'll tell you a thing about Julia Roberts. So I saw Julia Roberts on a chat show. I think it was probably something like Letterman, something like that, years and years ago. It, come on, back back in the day, then they were quite actually they could be quite fucking sexist to women that came on, especially uh, attract attractive women. And I said, I pre- I'm pretty sure it's like I might be wrong, but allegedly, okay, I did see it, but I can't remember who it was. So the chat show host was kind of being quite condescending to her and um, being quite sexist to her and she was still young at this point and what have you it was probably after Notting Hill or Pretty Woman one of the two and she kind of took it and took it and took it then there was a point where she stopped and she ripped into him and not in an angry way not in a nasty way Uh. but in a funny but shut the fuck up kind of way and he put him you visually saw him put him on the back foot Mm. and she was very sassy and she was funny she was generally funny but shut the fuck up and it reminded me of the scene in Notting Hill, where Hugh Grant and Julie Roberts go out for a meal, and a kind of secluded meal, and they're kind of keeping it low-key because it, he, she doesn't want everyone to find out. And they hear a bunch of people on another table, a bunch of men, talking about the actress Anna Scott and how they do her over the table and how she's dirty, she must be dirty and all this sort of stuff. And Hugh Grant gets up and kind of gives him gives a bit of mouth and says you know she's a person you got to respect her feelings and all this sort of stuff and then kind of julie roberts pulls him away but the guys on the table don't see julie roberts at this point and then they go back julie roberts goes hang mm. about no i'm not putting up with this and she goes back yeah and then they're all in shock because you know anna scott is there and she gives the sort mm. of sass smart response that she did on, on the chat show so not only is she she's clearly a very beautiful woman but she's also a very intelligent very funny woman not just in the films but also in real life so i actually thought that kind of that mm. tallied to her kind of character quite well in that respect i mean she she kind of plays it quite cold and standoffish initially in this film but then you you warm to her because there's these little well yeah she'll probably be she'll be thinking like is he just here because i'm i'm famous what's his angle isn't that good that's that's what they. That's what people think, isn't it? Straight away, it's like, well, what's your angle, mate? Why are you here? Well, not not so much in this, no, because he realizes who she is, but he doesn't kind of crack onto her or anything like that. It's her that kind of makes it obvious. I mean, that she kind of does like him when she kisses him um, for kind of to thank him for allowing her to clean her top and all that, so she's not walking around with mm. orange juice all over. So in this, no, not it wasn't quite like that in this. And again, that comes down to the ra- clever writing from uh, Richard Curtis. But there's, there's this, and the initial cut of this film, right, 
was about three and a half hours long. Mm. They did a final cut, or the initial final cut was three and a half hours long. They had to take 19 minutes off this film. So there's loads of extra stuff in the film. Now, the film is long enough as it is. It's, and it, it, you don't feel the two hours, but it fits the two hours, if that makes sense. You don't want it any longer, but it's, it's a good... Yeah, that seems to be a thing, doesn't it, with this kind of film? It, it's, it's long, but doesn't, doesn't really overstay its welcome. You're not really thinking like, yeah, pretty woman... They could have done mm. shortening that by about 20 minutes. You, you don't hear that with any rom-com. Mm. You know, oh, I reckon you could have knocked that out or chopped five, ten minutes out of that for pacing. It's They pretty much pace themselves, don't they? Yeah. It, it pace, it pace. Well, some of them do. Some, yeah, and some of the lesser ones can be a little bit too long or what have you. But I, I find, I found this was the, the, the perfect length, and they've cut some good scenes out of it as well. But there's a couple of scenes which they cut out for the right reasons, really. One, the main one, really, is there's a bit where the trap. He's bro- they've broken up, and his friends are trying to get him to go out with these new these new girls. So they have dinner parties, introducing to these new girls and or these new women, I should say, and. You know, you get the kooky one, then you get the really weird one, then you get one who's who's um, a fruitist or something that's they only eat stuff that's fell from okay. the tree or has found dead already, and that this. So you know, it's really kind of that's a bit like that's that's a bit kind of on the nose, really, and a bit unfair. But shoehorning it in for just for the sake of doing it, yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, just trying to get him mm. to go out. But there were other girlfriend scenes which got cut, so there were there were they must have filmed a bunch of them and then chose the best three, I suppose, that kind of fit and were the right length. But there's another scene. There's another scene. This is the key scene which they cut really, and that was there's a there's a scene in it where. He's helping her learn her lines for for one of her scripts. And in the film, yeah, it's it's all fine and dandy. It's a reasonably short scene, and away you go. But in the long, slightly longer cut of the scene, they actually they actually oh. use motherfucker. Ah, but a couple of times in the scene. Well, that will be from there is no real swearing script, in it, so it's not technically so cut. that film. It's the in, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it is used in that sense as well, and it because as a because as a reaction to it, and they they obviously cut it for a reason. They cut it so they could bring the 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 rating mm. down from I think being fifteen to twelve something like that. So they brought they brought it down, knocked it down, so it had a wider audience, mm. and that was a wise decision because it doesn't add anything to the scene, doesn't add anything to the film. It's not it's not it's not, it's not really used again. They use the word prick hit and a couple of other kind of mm. minor swearers, but it keeps it under that fifteen rating down to a twelve, which obviously allows you then the bigger audience and the bigger hit. And it and to be honest, if you like Richard Curtis's writing and you you are quite happy to watch a a fairy tale mm, look well. at Britain, London in this case, obviously, and cliched characters. Yes, they are, but it's well written cliched characters. You know what you're signing up for, isn't it? You go for a rom com, you know, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be some. Yeah, you do with a Richard Curtis. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it ain't real life, is it? It's not real life. It's no, and but a lot of the rom coms these days, they are airing more. They've changed. They're not like they used to be. They, they, we're going back now. Eight? Um, no, we're not going to the eighties, Richard. This nineties. You say 90s, I'm just hearing 80s. 90s to, to the 2000s. The rom-coms around that time, you, it's not <laughs> 80s, mate. You, you've chose poorly. <laughs> there you go. There, there, there's a there's a deep cut. So it's... Oh, see, you've interrupted me again. I can't remember what the fuck I was going to say. 
You were talking... You were... Well, you tell us, what are your favourite rom-coms? Are they the more modern type of rom-coms? Or are they the older type of rom-coms from the 80s? Now, looking at our demographic, our demographic was around looking at the stats. You get some from the 60s and the 50s, don't you? I mean, they are proper dyed-in-the-wool classics, those things. You go all the way back there. I'm, well, I'm talking about the demographics listed to our podcast, mate. Oh, well, they're, I, they're I roughly, you were about... They're roughly... They're just... They're roughly around our age and a, a, a couple of generations around our age. So it's they're going to choose similar sort of films. Mm. So are people kind of loving the new style of rom-com or are you loving the older style of rom-com? Do you like the Richard Curtis style of rom-com? Or do you just like ones with Julie Robertson? Who knows? Tell us. And then we'll... We'll discuss it next time Next time we come up with our next rom-coms. Now, the scores and the doors for this are high. The, the the critics loved it, 84. People, not so much, 79. Now, that surprised me. I thought it would be higher, actually. And But on IMDb, 7.2. Now, anything above a 7 on IMDb is, is good anyway. So it did quite well. Well, you see, you see my numbers are now IMDb, 7.1, yeah? Yeah. Okay, pretty much the same, but I win. Tomatoes, critics, 64. Audience, 68. Now, I'm thinking... What? Yeah, I'm thinking it, it's it's purely down to the demographic of, of the people because it is a relatively old film. And Yeah, but that, that's yeah. still... Pretty Woman is, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the classic rom-coms, well, really. I mean, there are a lot of rom-coms, don't get me wrong. I'm not kind of dissing anybody, any of those, but it's a classic rom-com. Yeah. So technically, out of this rom-com shootout, I've won. You can have it, mate. You you take that win. You take, take that the win. to the bank. I will take. I will take um, Julia Roberts to the bank. Yes. And Hugh Grant and the the the, the cornucopia of stars um, yeah, in, in this it's, film. It surprised me. It really well, did. That, that has surprised me. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it's it's down to the people who 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 can be asked to click on the clickety click click. And uh... well, these days a lot of people are, but there are a lot of rom coms out there. I mean, uh, to choose from, and we will we will return to the rom com genre. And on that slice of fried gold, as I'm the winner, we'll end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you fancy a bit more diabolical <laughs> film banter then like, comment, and subscribe. Tell us your favourite rom-com, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Also, if you like us talking bollocks about film, then give us a review. If you need to get something off your chest, send us a question, and we might even answer it on the show. You can find us on your local, friendly neighbourhood podcast app and on all the interwebs. Just search for the Damn Bollocks Film Show. So that leaves it for me to say thanks for listening, and catch you later. And from me, till next time, tidy bye. <laughs>